0: Be seated, and just a few announcements before we get started this evening. Uh, we do are continuing our Read the Bible Through in 2022. So if you uh, have lost your spot or want to find out what to read uh, today or for throughout the coming weeks, go to readyourbiblethrough.com. Today, you should be reading 2 Chronicles chapters 18, 19, and and Hebrews chapter 2. Well, you might say, well, that means we're almost done with the New Testament, and you would be correct. So once we finish the, Old, the New Testament, you'll double up on the Old Testament, and that's how you complete it through the rest of the year. Uh, so that's readyourbiblethrough.com. You can also find all of our devotions, clips, and songs every day on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, this week, we have workday at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and Sunday, we will have our regular services visitation at 10 a.m. on Saturday after workday. We are continuing to be part of our Phil America and Phil Virginia campaign. So if you have tracks, you want to make sure you give those out. We'll make sure we take a count on Sunday for all of the new people who have handed out a track. So we can include you on the count. And then how many tracks you did distribute hand-to-hand so that we can give that count at the end of the campaign. That goes through Uh, July 10th, and that'll be when we finish it up. Our Independence Day celebration is July 4th at 10 a.m. Food starts at 2 p.m., so make sure you are there. You are all invited. Our sign-ups are filled, and we have assignments out for people to participate in certain things, and so we're very thankful for your willingness there. Now, if you would, let's go ahead and take our Bibles. We're going to be looking at a few things this evening in the Word of God. It's a good time to be able to read the Word of God, to understand the Word of God, and to apply the Word of God. But sometimes it's good to see the Word of God. You might be able to go to Sight and Sound, and where they say you'll see the Bible come to life. And if you've been there, you'll know that that's absolutely true, where you actually see the characters uh, from the Bible coming to life on the stage. Um, This week, we actually were able to go to the Ark Encounter, another place in which you can see the Bible come to life where there's actually what they call a life-sized Noah's Ark. And I don't know um, about you, but it was pretty big. It's bigger than what I could build myself, for sure. Um, It's huge. You can see it from the outside. You can go inside. You can see all the exhibits, what it would look like, uh, what they portray it to look like, and it's really awesome. If you have a chance to go there, it's in Williamstown, Kentucky. It's only eight or nine hours from here. Uh, It's very enjoyable to go to. You get to see it all. You get to live it you get to feel it. It's awesome. Uh, they obviously take some artistic uh, liberties with some of the things that they do, obviously, because we only have so much information in the Word of God, but they do a great job of showing it. One event that they had there um, that my wife and I actually got to participate in, uh, we left the, uh, the boys with the grandparents, and they got to go out and go to the, part, uh, the petting zoo, right? The petting area with the animals. My wife and I got to go to a VR experience, which is a virtual reality thing. It's not for everybody. I've never done it. It's very interesting. They put these glasses on you, and it's like a 360 visual where you can kind of look around, and it's, it's something that they designed, obviously. It's very interesting, uh, and they kept it light, and they kept it, uh, kept it enjoyable, but there was one part that really stood out to me, and I told my wife later that this really got to me, because you were outside of the arc, and... The waters were coming down from the sky, and the waters were coming up from below. The earth was cracking and opening up, and the waves were crashing in on you. It was an experience like nothing else because you don't normally get the visual from the outside of the ark as what it would have been like to have been a person who didn't make it onto the ark, who didn't understand that it was serious. You weren't saved by the ark. You weren't saved because you didn't believe And you were outside of the ark, and the waters were coming in on you, and there was no hope left. You know, that's what a lot of people are like these days. They're outside the ark. How do they get in the ark, though? It's by you and by me going and telling them about Jesus Christ, because the ark is a type of Christ. So it got me thinking about Noah. It got me thinking about what it was like to build the ark. Why did Noah build the ark? And I'll show you this. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6, we see the exchange between Noah and God. And we see what was going through Noah's mind, I guess you could say, what, what was going through God as he, as he told Noah about what he was going to do. And in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 13, God here says, he says unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. So he tells Noah what to do. He tells him what is going on, what he's going to do to fix it, and what Noah is to do. And he goes through and he tells Noah how to build it, what length to build it, uh, what animals to bring in, who's going to be in the ark, et cetera, et cetera. And then in verse 22, we see what Noah did with all that information. God finishes talking in verse 21. In verse 22, it says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Does it say that Noah had a committee about what kind of wood to use? No, because he was told what kind of wood to use. Did it say that Noah had to wait for the right time of year to harvest the wood? No, it said that he just went out and started doing it. He didn't wait for anything. He just... He did it. He did it immediately. Why did he build the ark? Well, because God told him to, and he didn't waste any time doing it. So Noah got right to work when God told him to build the ark. And even though Noah got right to work, how long did it take him? It took him 120 years. Now, you and I most likely will not live 120 years. We will not serve God for 120 years. But with what life and breath that we have, we ought to be serving the Lord. And you and I may not see results right away but have patience. Noah had patience. He didn't give up building the ark just because he was getting older and older and he wasn't sure if God was going to actually bring the floods. I'm sure that wasn't in his mind at all. He just did. Thus did Noah. So Noah is a good example of somebody who got right to work with what God told him. Who else? Who else can we think of? Um, Samuel. Turn over a couple books to 1 Samuel. I guess it's more than a couple books, a few books, over to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And you'll see here the account of young Samuel, a young person here, following what God is telling him to do. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, And his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood. And called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I'm gonna stop there. You can read the rest on your own. But here we see Samuel. He answered immediately. He ran to Eli. He, that's who he thought called him. He arose again, and he rose again, and then he answered God. All of those are actions, all of those are things that Samuel, a young person, did right away. Immediately. And I find it interesting here how it says that the Lord came, he stood, and he called. The Lord comes to you, he stands by you, and he calls you to his service. One of the marks of a faithful servant is an attentive ear and an immediate response. And that's what Samuel gave. He had an attentive ear. He heard the Lord every single time, and he responded every single time and he responded immediately. One more example. Turn over just a few pages to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 3. Ruth is another example of a young person, uh, in this case a a young woman, who follows what she's told immediately, without question. In Ruth chapter 3, in verse 4, Naomi here is speaking, And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. So here she's talking about, she's seeing that uh, Ruth and Boaz uh, are, are to be together. That's, this is what God wants. And, and she's teaching her how she ought to go about doing this with Boaz. And, you know, you and I might think it odd, but that's what she was supposed to do. She was supposed to come and lay at his feet while he's sleeping. And so it may have felt odd to Ruth also what is her response? Verse five. And she said, this is Ruth, said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. She didn't say, well, why would I want to lay at this guy's feet? I mean, he's been working all day. His feet probably stink. I don't really want to be sitting there laying there right near his feet. Can I, can I lay, you know, maybe over here instead? She didn't negotiate She didn't try to change anything of what her mother-in-law asked her to do. She said, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she went down and did it. The will of God is not a cafeteria where we can pick and choose what we want. God expects us to accept all that he plans for us and to obey him completely. Coming to God with a hidden agenda and with reservations in our heart will only lead to grieving the spirit and missing God's best. So Ruth here, she listened, she responded, she went, she didn't negotiate, she didn't refuse, she obeyed, and she obeyed immediately. These are all examples of people in the Bible who were told something, whether by God specifically or through God, through somebody else, uh, to do something of God's will, and they did it. They did it immediately. Now this was all introductory to our message. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 1 where we'll find our text for the evening. Mark chapter 1 gives us another example of some men who were told by God to do something and did it immediately. Mark here is written by John Mark, um, who accompanied Paul and Silas on some missionary journeys. It was written between 55 and 65 AD. It was originally written to the Christians at Rome. Probably was the first gospel written since most of the other gospels actually quote it or use, uh, use the same words, it portrays Jesus as the servant. The key verse of Mark is chapter 10, verse 45, where it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He wasn't here to have people serve him, he was here to serve and to give his life. It's a book of action. And we see that through the word that we're going to look at this evening. In Mark chapter one, in verse 16, the Bible says, now he, this is speaking of Jesus, now he walked by the sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also were in the ship mending their nets, and straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Let us pray. Father, this evening I pray that you will fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help me to say only your words, uh, fill me with what your message is to your people, Lord. I pray that this evening your people will hear the message that you have to them through the word of God. I pray that we can take it in, we apply it into our lives. I pray that as we go out this evening afterwards, that we have a renewed vision of what we ought to do, why we ought to do it, and with what gravity we have to do it in. Lord, we know that you are coming. You are coming soon, and that this world is gradually getting worse and worse, and we. Pray that you will help us in this day and age to be able to be servants of you, to be able to go out and preach the word, to teach people, to gain new uh, followers, Lord, through the word of God and through the tracts and through through your gospel, Lord. We pray that you'll help us with that and give us a good evening in your word. We pray all these things in Christ's name, amen. And so you see here, Jesus is calling James and John and Andrew and Simon, but they use the word straightway. It's used three times here. It's actually used over 40 times in the book of Mark. What does straightway mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. I actually looked it up in Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And here's exactly what it said. Immediately, without loss of time, without delay. And then it used the verse from Mark with the word straightway in it. So it means immediately. And let me give you an example of a real world example. My son Logan is nine months, almost 10 months, And he has now successfully crawled. He is crawling all over the place. And now he has successfully pulled himself up, which means the next step is to walk, right? So I'm waiting for him to walk. And I thought it was going to be yesterday. Um, He's not quite there yet, but he's close. So when it happens, I'm most likely going to be at work, or maybe I'm not going to be right there when it actually happens. So I'm waiting for... Maybe a text from my wife, or maybe I'm in the house and she calls to me. But how do you think she's gonna call to me if he starts walking? She's gonna say, Come here quick, come here quick, right? She's gonna say, Come here quick immediately. Now, if she said, let's let's just take the texting example, if she texted me, say, Come here, that doesn't give me any sort of inclination as to how quickly to come. So I may, okay, well, I'm finishing this up, I'll be right there. Well, then I would have missed my son walking because I didn't come quickly, but if she's texted me, "Come here quickly," I know I'm supposed to go right away. Let's go. Something's happening. I need to be there. So when the Bible uses the word "straightway," it doesn't mean that that uh, Simon and Andrew said, "Well, I'm I'm gonna finish my fishing thing right here and then I'll follow Jesus." No, it was immediately. It was without delay. James and John, uh, John and James didn't say, "Well, I'm going to finish helping my father mending the nets and then I'll follow Jesus." No, it was, um, "Father, I got to go. You got the servants. I'm going to go follow Jesus, straightway, immediately, without delay." It's important to know why we do things, though. You don't want to just follow something blindly. You want to know why you're going to follow something. So, why would we follow Jesus? Well, let's look at First uh, Samuel. I'm going to tell you this evening, you've already kind of started, but you're going to be moving in your Bible a lot this evening. So um, do those finger exercises so you can get there pretty quick here. 1 Samuel chapter 17. What is the cause? What is the cause of doing things for God straightway? 1 Samuel chapter 17, we have the account of David and Goliath. And when David came to the camp and saw that Goliath was blaspheming God's name, And slurring out cusses and and calling God's people worthless beings, he had something to say about that. And in verse 28 of 1 Samuel chapter 17, the Bible says, And Eliab, the eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? With whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness?' I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? His brother asked him, why did you come here? And David says, the cause, what's the cause? It's to protect God's people. You see, David didn't wait and try to get somebody to watch his sheep. He didn't wait around at home He saw that there was something that needed to be done, and he did it, and he did it immediately. He knew the importance of taking action. And with God to fight for him, there was no reason for him to wait. He knew the cause. It was to protect God's people. What's your cause? What's my cause? It's to save people. It's to reach people with salvation. Our cause is to reach others for Christ. Our cause is to build others up for Christ to minister unto others. When God is with us and helping us, there's no reason for us to wait for doing that cause. If we know what the cause is and we know that God is with us, there's no reason to wait. But there are many causes today, quote-unquote causes today, that uh, they have good intentions. They have intentions of doing good things in our society. But instead, all these causes do, all they do is distract people. All they do is destroy. All they do is dismantle Christian values. We must be careful because some of the causes that you and I might support, they, they can erode our biblical worldview. They could change the way in which we look at things and the way in which we serve Christ. We may not serve him to the fullest extent because we follow after a cause that is actually eroding at our biblical worldview. But these disciples, their cause was to live for Jesus Christ. But before they met Christ, what was their cause? Well, they were fishers, so they were fishing for fish at the time. So their cause would have been material. It would have been getting the fish, selling the fish. Getting the fish, selling the fish. So I could buy something else or do something with my family or buy a bigger boat. It was material. It was self-interest. It wasn't God's will. And in our society, you see a lot of self love. You see a lot of people who say, well, you only live once, so you might as well live it to the fullest. Just go out and try everything and do it all so that you can live your life to the fullest as you think it is because there's nothing else. There's nothing after this life. So why would I do something else? I got to live for myself. Well, I agree with the statement that you only live once, and so you should make the most of it, but in the sense of, Your service for God. We should make the most of our life for him because he's the one who saved us. He's the one who gave us life. He's the one that sustains our life. So we ought to live for him. Their view is immediately live for yourself. I'm saying this evening we ought to live immediately for him. But this was all before Jesus came along for these disciples. But when Jesus comes along, all that changes. When Jesus comes along, our priorities should change. When Jesus comes along, we should forsake our old lives. We should follow Jesus straightway. You see, when Jesus comes along, we are all made into a new creature. When Jesus comes along, we are no longer having the same priorities as what we used to. When Jesus comes along, we see there is a cause bigger than ourselves. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And what became the cause for these disciples? Well, Jesus told them exactly what he wanted them to do. He wanted them to be fishers of men. He wanted them to share the truth. And that is the cause that should be the will of God in your life. That is the cause that should be the will for our church. That is the cause that should be the will for our country if we only let it so. It's bigger than you, and it's bigger than me. But it requires that you and I have an immediate response. It's not just us sitting here and listening about it. It's about us responding to what God wants us to do. It requires that we straightway forsake ourselves, that we straightway forsake our ambitions, that we straightway forsake our priorities, and that we straightway follow Him. Instead, our cold, dead, Laodicean-style churches They don't hold a sense of urgency for the message of God in our country. We may know the reason why we're here, but the urgency is gone. Churches no longer meet on Wednesday nights. Churches no longer meet on Sunday nights. Churches no longer go out on soul winning and share the good news. Instead, they meet once a week, they stay home from church, and they live like the world. Where's the urgency? Let it not be so for us. Let it not be so for our church. Let it not be so for you and for me as we hear God's word this evening. Why is it critical for our message? Why is it critical that you and I go out and share the good news? What's the urgency? Why are we talking about this? Well, it's because people die. That's no news to you. That's no news to me. People die every day. But... Why is it critical? It's because people die every day and go to a Christless eternity. I'm sure you've heard a stat like this before, um, but I actually looked this up this evening. How many people die each day? Two people die every second. 115 people die every minute. 7,000 people die every hour. And 166,000 people die Every year. I, excuse me, every day. 166,000 people die every day. 8,000 of those die from America. 8,000 people die in the United States every day. Two people every second. You ask me why it's critical that we do what God wants for us in our lives? That's why. Because people die every day without knowing Jesus Christ. Today is the day. Now is the time for them to get saved. And now is the time for you and I to make a decision to have the urgency to go straightway and follow Jesus Christ. Turn over a couple pages to 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. And now that David has defeated Goliath, Saul is not happy. You see, the ladies of the kingdom are now singing praises. They're saying Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands, and so Saul is now uh, rather jealous. He's envious of David. He's worried that David is going to take over his kingdom, which will eventually come to pass. But Saul is going about it in the wrong way, and so he's tried to kill David multiple times. And so David flees in Saul, uh, in First Samuel chapter twenty and verse one. He says. And David fled from Naoth in Ramah, and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? What is my sin before thy father, that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David sware moreover, and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes, And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. You see, David here is telling Jonathan the gravity of his situation, that he's almost been killed multiple times by a javelin-throwing Saul. He's a step from death. There are many people in our world who are a step from death. They are on death's doorstep. They are close to dying. We don't know who it is. We don't know when it is. But we know that there are people who die every day and that some are a step from death. And some are going to die that second death, meaning that they are going to go to hell instead of going to heaven because they did not receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Or, or was it because they were not told? Were they told about Jesus Christ? This is why it's critical for you and for me to do God's work and to do it straightway. It is God working in us to show us his will for our service. And then it is us going and doing the assignments immediately. You know, I called some of you on Monday to work out the assignments for July the 4th. And thank you for your response. We got good response. We're able to do most of the assignments uh, because you all are willing to do it. But when I ask, are you able to do this? you respond, yes, I can do that. This response was immediate. The response was, yes, I will do that straightway. That's the response we ought to have for God. When He calls you and says, I want you to be a missionary to XYZ country, we should respond, yes, I will go straightway. When God calls you to go to Woodbridge and start a bus route, our response should be, yes, I will go straightway. When the question is, are you going to serve in our In our soul winning outreach at the Prince William County Fair, our answer should be yes, I will go straight away. Because I know the cause, because I know it's urgent that we reach people. And so knowing the cause and why it's critical is important. We also can see then also the conclusion of it all. What are the outcomes? What are the results of doing God's will immediately? What is the outcome of doing it straightway. We'll turn back to Mark chapter 1. What happened after the disciples followed Jesus? Mark chapter 1 and verse 21. Here it says, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. So they all got up and they went to Capernaum, and straightway Jesus began to teach and preach in the synagogue. And they were astonished. That was the result. They were astonished. That's the result of this account. Other accounts. Jesus sent out the disciples to go and do miracles, to go and preach the word of God. And the result was that many followed Jesus Christ. Many were healed because of what the disciples did. So Jesus shows the example of what to do and then allows them to go and do it. Jesus has already shown you multiple examples this evening of what we ought to be doing. So are we going to go out and do it? The result of of this whole thing of knowing the cause of what we're doing, and knowing that it's critical that we do it, is that you and I go and do it. They went, they preached, they saw fruit. Many lives were changed because these few men knew the cause, they knew it was critical, and they did the work. And As we go out and we do God's work, know why you're doing it. You have to know why you're doing it. It isn't for material gain, it isn't for earthly recognition, it isn't for a pat on the back, it is For the lost soul who's out there that needs salvation from hell and it is for us to glorify the lord we don't go out for our own glory we go out for god's glory and the other thing i see here in verse 22 is it says that he taught them as one that had authority you see god gives you and me the authority to go if you look on the other side of your Bible, you'll most likely see Matthew chapter 28, where he says, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. You see, he gives us the power, he gives us the authority, and then